This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Glenn Tomrin and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. Redeemed of the Lord what? Say so. Hallelujah. So that, you know, means you can't be quiet, right? It's hard to say something and be quiet at the same time. That is deep. I can let you think about that for a while. <laughs> okay, if I get happy tonight, I'm just happy, all right? So just disregard, you know, sometimes I just get real happy around the Word of God. You know, I was in my basement this, you know, today, uh, most of the day, just, just, just getting ready for service, and I got happy more than once. I'm sure my wife's just like, what is he doing? I'm just rejoicing. Why? Because the Word of God is alive. Woo, hallelujah, the word of God is alive, it is true, hallelujah, and it'll work for you, praise the Lord. I even rhymed, I'm on a roll, praise the Lord. I need to crack some jokes here so I can get some of that, you know, seriousness off your face, you know, because, you know, you might have been outside, been cold today, you know, and you're just like, oh, grumble, 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 you know, and so, anyhow, (laughs) that means you too, Doug. Anyhow, praise the Lord. Welcome to you online. You know, we welcome you to, uh, to, we're not coming home to you. You can come here. Hallelujah. And join us, praise the Lord. And the same word that is working mightily in us here will work mightily in you there. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You guys happy? You thankful to be saved? Glory be, it's okay, you know. When I'm up here, it's okay to laugh at any time. I'm just letting you know that. Rejoice. You can even take a lap, run. I don't really care. This is like, oh, I'm not doing that. Well, maybe you should. Like, maybe. You know, Brother Hagen, he said, you know, it's the word you get excited about that'll work for you. So if you never cracked a smile when you have listened to a message or read your Bible, then something's up. Something's up. So maybe, you, you know, maybe you need practice. I think... Uh, Pastor Brian said, you know, he said, you know, some people, you should let them know. It's what, what, I can't remember how many muscles you need to smile. It's a 7, 18, 17, 18, something like that. And then to frown takes a lot more. So, you know, you actually save energy if you smile instead of frown. Did you know that? You know, might actually live longer too. Praise the Lord. And some of you said, well, I have some, some extra calories I need to burn, so I need to frown. Well, God bless you. Praise the Lord. You can do that. Hallelujah. Am I going to get to something serious here? I don't know yet. I really don't know. Praise the Lord. Because some of you haven't laughed real good in a long time. (laughs) Some of you have not laughed a good laugh in a long time. And I can see it. Because you're really serious. You're one of those serious sheep. That are really deep. They're like, I'm getting it. I'm getting it. I'm getting, you know, C.S. Lewis said, you know, he said, joy is the serious business of heaven. Ha, ha, ha. It's, it's, it's important to join up with the head of a Jew. God sits in the heavens and he laughs. <laughs> Wouldn't you love to hear his laugh? Oh, my gosh. Just one ha would just make you go flat on the floor. Ha, ha. Just, you'd be out for a month. I'm serious. He is something else, hallelujah. And he sits up there and he laughs and he's just like, when are my people going to get it? You know, one, one minister, he put, it, he put it very well. He said, uh, he was at Disney World. I just shared this in prayer this, you know, this afternoon. And if you weren't there, then uh, I'm going to tell you. 
Praise the Lord. And um, he said, I, you know, I brought my, my, my family to Disney World. Is that what they have, like in Florida and in California, two of them? Yeah, anyhow. He said, you better believe in prosperity if you're going to bring your kids to Disney World. But anyhow, he said he, he saw this, this, this woman there, and she, she, she had her, her son with her, and, and she grabbed him. And she said, I brought you here to have fun. You're going to have fun. She said, I paid too much for you to come here and not have fun. Right? And so if you think about that, you know, in what Jesus did for you, you know, he paid too much for you not to have fun. Because the price that he paid wasn't just to help you a little bit. You know, it wasn't so that you could just, just, just struggle to get through life. No, no. He paid the price so you could have joy. Hallelujah. He said, I have come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. Well, what does that mean? I don't think we have the faintest idea of how happy we're supposed to be. How much peace we're supposed to walk in. How much joy we're supposed to walk in. Hallelujah. Jesus said, my burden is easy. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. That's what he said. And so, so if it's hard, we've missed it somewhere, right? Can we agree on that? If we're struggling, then we just need to maybe just check in with the Holy Ghost. Because, you know, he is also called the oil of joy. I just thought I'd just encourage you a little bit. You know, I wasn't going to, you know, talk about this tonight. But then I saw your face and I thought, they need some joy. Hallelujah. Ha, ha, ha. I should have prepared some jokes. I don't got any. I'm not good at telling them either. Maybe I need to change my confession. But, uh. Praise the Lord. I'm actually going to talk to you about faith tonight. And we'll probably come back to, to this whole joy thing. Uh, because if you're not happy, if you don't have joy in your life, something's off. You know, it's one of those, you know, there's a couple of gauges that you need to check up on a regular basis. And that is your peace gauge, you know, in your instrument panel it's your, or in your... Car dash, whatever you call it, it's your peace gauge, and it's your joy gauge. They both need to be in the green, you know? And grumble, 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 it's not in the green. Just thought I explained that to you. You know, if, if, if it's not in the green, then, then God wants to reveal some things to you tonight, hallelujah, and he wants to get you happy, you know? He can help you with that. Because he really wants to, you know, don't you like to put a smile on your, a smile on your kids' faces? Hmm? He likes to put a smile on your face. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So, let's try to get back to faith. <laughs> oh, by the way, if you're in faith, you're happy. If you're truly in faith, you're expecting a good result. See, if you're in faith, you're happy. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So, the just shall live by faith, he says in Romans 1.17. So we're supposed to live our lives this way. We're supposed to be happy. We're supposed to live by faith. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Habakkuk 2.4, Galatians 3.11, and Hebrews 10.38 says the same thing. We're supposed to live by faith. 
faith. And I'm just like, now, if you want to, you know, take notes, whatever, uh, why don't you go back and listen to the video if you want to take notes. I want to just listen. And I want, because the thing is that the Holy Spirit is here, and he will talk to you. If you're too busy taking notes, then you might miss some things. Because you're taking notes on one point, and then you, you, you forget the next two points. Right? So if you want to take notes, it's like you can, you can look at the video, and then you can just pause it. Write your note. Write your scripture. Because I want you to get it. All right? And sometimes some of these things are more, you know, caught than taught. You know, you're just, you're just in the environment, and then you, you listen to the Holy Spirit. Because, you know, he is your individual teacher. Did you know that? He can say things to you, and he can bring things to your remembrance. I, I had this happen this week. You know, I asked the Lord. I said, you know, I must, have, I must have missed it in this area. I said, I ask you to help me because I know it's not your fault. You know, if you don't see the results that you, you want to see, then it's never God's fault. Right? Because last I checked, he did everything right. And he loves me, and he has made provision for me to live life abundantly. Hallelujah. But everything that I need to do life well. And so I said, you know, I've missed it. And then I was just reading this book by uh, Dr. David, J is it Jungi Cho? He, he, he was the pastor of uh, the biggest church in South Korea, which had like a bunch of small groups. And they had like a million members. So pretty big gathering, you know. And, uh, and I was just reading a book by him. And then I was just like, I got it. I got it. And, and he will do the same for you tonight. When you listen, you know, he might give you an answer to something that you've been pondering for a long time. And he will just give you light. Because whenever the word of God goes forth, there is light. And the Holy Spirit, he knows what you need. And if you will listen to him, he will get it to you. Can I get an amen? So I would encourage you to just listen tonight. Hallelujah. And I'm going to pray right now before we get into, into uh, what I want to talk to you about. And, and I'm going to ask God to reveal some stuff to you. Hallelujah. Father, we love you so much. And we're so grateful, Father, that you are a good God and that you love us so very much. And, Father, we're gathering around your, your word here tonight, Father. We know that your word, hallelujah, <laughs> you sent your word and you healed them, it says in Psalm 107, Father God. You sent your word and you gave us everything that we need, Father, in your word. Hallelujah. And so, Father, we ask that you, will, that you will reveal the word to us tonight, Father, and that you will reveal, Father, what we need to know for now, Father, because we, we, we desire, Father, to grow. We desire, Father, to learn. We desire, Father, to understand, Father, how you want us to walk and, and, and how to walk in Everything that you've paid such a dear price for, Father. So I ask for everyone here, everyone that's listening online, Father, I ask for that you will grant us to, unto us the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Jesus. The eyes of our understanding being enlightened. Hallelujah. Because light and understanding comes from you, Father God, that we may know and understand everything, not everything tonight, but what we need to know for tonight, Father God, hallelujah, so we can walk one step after the other, Father, in faith, in the light, Father, and in your bountiful provision for us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Hallelujah. You have not because you ask not, right? Praise the Lord. So I'm going to talk about faith because in the word, you know, I realized that God is big on faith. Have you ever realized that? You know, he said without faith, in Hebrews eleven six, 6, without faith it's impossible to please him. And so he requires 
faith. He said we're supposed to live by faith and not by sight. He also said that uh, in Luke 18, 8, he says, I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on the earth? So he's going to come looking for faith. Is he going to find some at your house? He's going to find some at my house. Praise the Lord. And so we see faith is, is, is important to God. And in Romans 5, I'm going to read verse 1 and 2. He says, therefore, having been justified by faith, by faith, be at peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith. Say access by faith. Into the grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. So we have access by faith into all that grace has given. So is faith important? I would say so. We need to get our minds wrapped around and our hearts wrapped around what faith really is and how, how we can walk in faith. Because, you know, if the word says that we're supposed to live by faith, walk in faith, <laughs> we need to know a little bit about it, right? And you might say, well, you know, I've been at this church now for, for, for months or for years, you know, and I've heard about faith, you know, and, and it's just like, and I've heard Mark eleven twenty three, you know, it says, you know, that, that your mountain shall be removed if you speak to it and stuff. It says, I, I know about all that. And, and then my question is to you, why is your mountain still there? So we, there might be some things that we haven't seen yet, right? Right? And so now tonight I'm going to talk about some very, very specific things regarding faith. Hallelujah. And actually, let's go to Ephesians chapter 2 first. And then I'm going to go into, you know, some of the basics of faith here. And then I'm going to point out some very particular things that we need to do as we are living by faith. Ephesians 2 verse 8 says, For by grace you've been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it's the gift of God. Not a work, lest anyone should boast, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So you, by grace, you've been saved through faith. And how did that happen? You know, this is very basic, but you'll see that God works the same way. Because the, the seed of the Word of God will always have the capacity to bring faith. How does faith come? By hearing and hearing by the Word of God, right? You've heard that a million times before, right? So how did that happen that you were born again? It's not a trick question, really. It's like, you know, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So with the heart one believes, and with your mouth confession is made unto salvation. So is it enough to believe, just believe in your heart? No, it's not. It's not enough to just believe in your heart. You actually have to say something with your mouth. So confession is a vital part of faith. Actually, your voice is your address in the spirit realm. When you say, say somebody, you know, there was an altar call, you know, to receive Jesus. We preached the gospel and they came forward to receive. And, and, and the person that came forward, he, 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 he agreed. He said, I believe in my heart that Jesus, you know, he died for me, he rose from the grave. And I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord. 
Okay, so has it ever happened that somebody else in the congregation by accident got saved? The answer is no. And so <laughs> because only the one that, that confessed it is going to receive it, right? And so that's his address. When he speaks, that's his address. And it's the same with everything else in the Word of God. Hallelujah. You need to open your mouth. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians 4.13, pastor was, was mentioning this here in a recent message. I think it was last Wednesday. And it says, 2 Corinthians 4.13 says, And since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore speak. So speaking is a vital part of faith. Even the devil don't care what you believe as long as you keep your mouth shut. The thing is, you know, and you've recognized him trying to keep you from speaking the word, especially maybe when you were just born again. He wanted to keep you from sharing that with people. He's like, no, don't, don't you tell them about it. They're going to think you're stupid. No, no, don't you, open, don't you open your mouth and talk about Jesus as Lord. Why is he trying to keep you? Why is he so, much, so afraid of speaking? Well, he's been around for a long time. And he knows the power of your words. Hallelujah. He knows the power of your words. Hallelujah. Let's just kind of drill this a little further. And let's go to the woman with the issue of blood in Mark chapter 5. We're going to read verse 24 through 34. Mark chapter 5. Hallelujah. Verse 24. So Jesus went with him. And a great multitude followed him and thronged him. Now a certain woman who had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians, she had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. So things weren't looking that great. When she heard about Jesus, so what happened there? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, right? When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment, for she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Immediately the fountain of her, of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, You see the multitude thronging you, and you say, Who touched me? So there were many people that touched him, but not in faith. And he looked around to see her who had done this thing, but the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. So we see, you know, the action of faith is important. But when you go back to verse 28, for she said, that word in the Greek is the word lego. And it means a systematic set discord, which means discourse, which means that she didn't say this just once. She said, if I can just get to Jesus, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. If I can just come to Jesus, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. She kept on saying. Have you ever gotten discouraged in your saying? Because it seems like it's not working. <laughs> we all have. But she kept on saying, Hallelujah. 
she kept on saying. You know, E.W. Kenyon said, Confession is the road over which faith carries its mighty cargo. So you lay down the road with what you say. What are you saying about your life? What are you saying about what God is doing in your life right now? You know, Brother Hagen, he was 16 years old and he was laying on the bed of affliction, as we say. You know, he was about to die. He was given no hope by the doctors and the people that, that he talked to. You know, he, he wanted to know from his, you know, from the pastor that he knew, from the church that he'd been going to, you know, it's like, does God heal? And he's like, no, he might, but, you know, it's just up to him if he heals or not. And, you know, it might be and he might not, but get ready to die. So there was really, you know, no faith, you know, that, that could be built in his heart that God could raise him up. And so he was, he was reading this story about the woman with the issue of blood. And uh, the Lord spoke to him and he said, If her faith made her whole, then your faith can make you whole. And that's the same for us. And the thing is that, that faith works the same way. And faith always works. If we would just learn to get with it. And one of the main things that we fail to do is to speak. To release faith. Hallelujah. Okay, we're going to go to Mark eleven twenty three, And you might say, oh my gosh, I've been here so many times. I know Mark eleven twenty three. Really? Really? Okay. Well, let me tell you this story. Uh, Kenneth E. Hagen, he had a vision of the Lord and, and he was... Uh, he, he said to him, he said, did you notice? He said that I said, say three times in Mark eleven twenty three, and only believe only once. And Brother Hagin said, I've read through the New Testament 150 times. And he said, I never saw that. But the Lord told him, he says, there's a lot of stuff in there that you don't know. And I would say the same for me. It's probably a lot of stuff there in there that I don't know. But I'm going to share some things with you today that I do know and that I know will help you. In your walk of faith with the Lord. So in Mark eleven twenty three, I'm going to read it. Actually, I'm going to read verse 22 as well. So Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. Another translation says, lay hold of the faithfulness of God. Because God is faithful. Did you know that? He always backs up his word. Did you know that? He always watches over his word to perform it. He just needs somebody to agree with him and speak it. So, Mark eleven twenty three. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. This is Jesus speaking to you. Okay? This is in red. This is Jesus himself. Do you think he would lie? No, he wouldn't lie. Hallelujah. So, the first say there is, is the command of faith. It's epo in the Greek. It's a command of faith. If you command this mountain, you move. Hallelujah. And you don't doubt in your heart. You said you be in room, cast in the sea, does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things he says. That second one is the word lego in the Greek. And that's what we mentioned before. It's a systematic set discourse. It's what you keep saying. He shall have whatever he said, which is also the command. So you will have the command if you keep on saying. 
So if you haven't seen results because you just confessed the word one time, well, guess what? Maybe you need to continue to speak the word of God. Hallelujah. Because it builds a road over which God can dump the mighty cargo that faith will bring to your doorstep. You know, uh, Smith Wigglesworth, he said that, you know, God will move over a million people to find somebody in faith. Right? If you're in faith, you're not silent because faith always speaks. If you don't speak, if you don't declare what the word of God says, you're probably loose by default. You need to continually move your mouth. You need to put what, what God says in his word that is yours because of what Jesus did. Put it in your mouth and you declare it out of your mouth. You know, God has joined himself to man in such a way that he will do nothing on the earth unless somebody speaks his word. And by the way, if there's some things that God has spoken to you through prophecy or something like that that you know is from God, that doesn't just need to be spoken to you. It needs to be spoken through you to come to pass. Because there's something about faith. You need to take ownership of it and you need to speak it out of your mouth. And that actually goes all the way back to how you were made. Hallelujah. And we might get there. Hallelujah. <laughs> Kenneth E. Hagan also said this. He said, if you're not happy with what you have in life, check up on what you've been saying. He said, if you're not happy with what you see right now, check up on what your mouth has been uttering. Because the thing is, you don't have to be around people for very long to actually see where they're at. And it's easy to be in faith when you're at church and you're around people that believe the same way as you. But to know that the thing is that faith is a continual thing. It is Monday, Tuesday. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Hallelujah. Not just Sunday and Wednesday. So this is something that continually needs to come out of your mouth if you're going to see the promises of God come to pass in your life. Can I get an amen? amen. Hallelujah. Unless your faith is strong enough to effect, affect your mouth, it's not going to be strong enough to move anything else either. Hallelujah. I'm not saying this is all there is to faith. But I'm saying this is a vital part of faith. It's the initial act of faith, you might say. To speak with your mouth. And I heard <laughs> uh, another preacher say this. was actually Mark Hankins. He said that your mountain needs to hear your voice. Your mountain needs to hear your voice. Hallelujah. <laughs> oh, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You still happy? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Words. Words, words. The title of my message is, Are Words Really That Important? <laughs> Are words really that important? Is it important what you say? It is important what you agree with. Hallelujah. You know, the Lord, he impressed this on me very, very strongly. You know, we all are sincere, right, in our walk with the Lord. And, uh, and we all see uh, a certain amount of truth, right? 
And so we, we do our best, right, to, to walk in the light that we have, right? And so, so I was, you know, I was in Bible school. I've told this many times, but there's some new people here that haven't heard it, I don't think. And, uh, and I was getting to, to the end of, of, of my last school year, and I didn't really, didn't really know what to do after that. You know, it's easy to believe God, you know, you have direction when you start, you know, your school year, and you know it's going to be until May, and it's like, yes, come on. And then you, you get close to May, and you have no clue. And what it looks like. And then, of course, I was an international student, so I didn't, you know, I was running out of funds. And so, <laughs> and so now I'm, 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 I'm worrying. Instead of being in faith, I'm practicing the other side of it. I'm just like, what am I going to do? You know, I'm like, I'm, 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 I'm learning here how to walk by faith. And I'm just like, you know, I, I believe in God and, and I believe that he wants to bless me. And I, I don't know how many times I've said that, you know, uh, the Lord, you know, he leads me and guides me to all truth, even tells me things to come. You know, John 16, 13. And, <laughs> and, but what comes out of my mouth is, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? And, you know, I'm, I'm sincere here. I, I'm, 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 I'm wanting to follow God. And so, to make a long story short, I was in a service, and, and they had an altar call, and um, I thought, I'm not going to go forward. And people are going to think I missed it in some, some terrible way, you know. Sometimes we care more about what people think than what we should, right? And so, I, I wasn't going to go forward. You know, I, I'd been the head usher at, at prayer school. I mean, people know who I am. If I go forward, I mean, they're going to think that I'm just, I'm, I've done something bad. And he's just like, <laughs> but thank God, I humbled myself and I went forward. And do you know it's a good thing to humble yourself every now and then? And not really worry about what people think? Because that's not going to help you. The fear of man is a snare. And so I, so I walked forward and, and then, you know, the, the worship leader there, Rama, Rich King, he had no idea, you know. Uh, he, he knew who I was because I was singing in the choir, but that's about it. And, uh, and he came up to me, and he yelled in my face. And this was by inspiration of the Holy Spirit. He said, don't limit God. He, he yelled it three times. Three times. He said, don't limit God. And I got the message. Because the Holy Ghost was all over it. And I realized that by my words... I was limiting what God could do in my life. How many of you want to limit God? Did you know that your mouth is more important than anything else? Your mouth is what got you into the kingdom. Your mouth is what you're going to agree with everything that the Bible says about you. By your mouth, you're going to change your circumstances. By your mouth, you will basically build your world. You know, God, he, he can't do anything in the earth without your, as it, concerning you, he can't do anything unless you agree with him. And that's why it's so vitally important what comes out of your mouth. And that's why you need to get the promises that you believe in God for, get them out, write them down. And every day, every day you speak those words out of your mouth. You just the other day, because I have this habit, I pray, you know, with, with Lily every night. And I plead the blood of Jesus over her and over my family, over each and every one. I named them by name. And I said, I thank you, Father, for the blood of Jesus, for the protection of the blood of Jesus, for my covenant with you. 
No harm can come near my dwelling because of the blood of Jesus. I actually draw a bloodline around my property. And I thank you that our angels, mighty ones, standing shoulder to shoulder all around our property, keeping us safe from all harm. And I plead the blood of Jesus over their minds and their hearts. And the blood of Jesus prevents deception and aborts every attempt of the enemy to deceive. You know, it's a deceiver. He tries to come in there. And I said, the blood of Christ is so full of life and grace. He perfects that which concerns us and reconciles everything in us to the perfect will of God. Every day and in every way. And so I say that. And I, I, I build parameters around my family. It's my responsibility. So I release my words, and now my words are out there. And so when the devil, you know, he'll come and he'll try to go, well, you know, now this kid's got a sniff or whatever. It's like, no, no, no. No, no, we were purchased by the blood of Jesus. When was the last time you had any say in what belonged to the Lord? No, no, you back off in the name of Jesus. Take your lying symptoms and leave in Jesus' name. The thing is that you're... You can kind of school yourself into faith with your words. Did you know that? What you say becomes a part of who you are. This is important, friends. What are you saying about you? What are you agreeing? Uh, you know, what are your words agreeing to when it comes to you and who you are and what God has done for you and what he's doing in you and for your family today? Praise the Lord. You know, this will help you tremendously. Hallelujah. <laughs> Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 10. No, verse, it's not 10, it's 18. But we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Some things there might be stuff in your life that don't really line up with what the Word of God says. Well, that is subject to change. And how do you do that? Well, you start with speaking what the Word says about your situation. It's interesting, you know, and, and, and this, I ran into this a lot when I was, was ministering healing, you know, at, at the healing school down there at Rama in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and... Uh, and people come in, you know, and they have serious stuff going on. You know, they're either they get a hold of what the Word of God says or they'll go home. You know, stage four cancer, you don't have too much time. And so, and they come in and you say, and you tell them, you know, what, what the Word says. You know, it says, surely he had borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. It was even him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. This chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we were healed. I said, that's, a, that, that's your reality right now. I said, well, I don't feel like it. I have all these symptoms. Well, the thing is that the word of God is eternal. And second of all, you are not your body. You have one, but you're not it. You are not your body. Hallelujah. But by the word of God, your body can change. Did you know that? By your words, the mountain will have to move. Systematic set discourse. You know, if Jesus had to resist the devil more than once, maybe you need to as well. Right? Do you think Jesus knew this stuff? Oh, yeah, he knew it. And he said, it is written. 
It is written. It is written. Maybe you need to resist symptoms and sickness and stuff the same way. It is written. It is written. It is written. Who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree that we having died to sins might live for righteousness. By whose stripes we were healed. Now you impose the truth of the word of God that can never fail on your situation that's temporary. It's subject to change. The problem a lot of times is that we just say, well, I don't feel good. Oh, man, this is like I'm, I'm coming down with something, man. This is like, oh, my gosh, I don't feel good. You know, my head is so st Stop saying what you feel. Is that going to help? Are you looking for sympathy or something? Right? Look for somebody to pat you on the back and say, oh, yeah, just lay down. Yeah, well, just lay down and let the thing just run its course, will you? You can do that. Or you can just know that there's power in your words. And you said, no, this is not staying. No, no, these symptoms are leaving my body. Because Jesus paid for me to be free. And now you get the word out and you start speaking what the word of God says. And the more you do this, you know you should just thank God every day for a strong, healthy immune system. That you will, you, your body will serve you well all the days of your life. I say that over my kids too. And I say, you know, you know Psalms 23 is for us right now. The Lord is our shepherd, we shall not want. And so I say, I shall not want for opportunity. I shall not want for ability. And I shall surely never lack for money. I shall never lack for a strong, healthy body. Hallelujah. I shall never lack for a clear, quick, sharp mind. I'll fulfill my course. I will run my race. I will do everything that God has called me to do in grand style. And then I'm going to do a victory lap just because I want to. Because Jesus is Lord. Because there's going to be circumstances going to try to tell you it can't be done. I was just talking to somebody about this the other day. You know, the tribes of Israel, they never, they never took all they were supposed to take in the land of Canaan. Did you know that? They never did. There will be giants in the land, my friend. It will look like the land why it's occupied. What am I going to do? What am I going to Don't say that. <laughs> Don't be. I've already, you know, sometimes you can learn from other people's mistakes. This is one of those times. Don't do what I did. If you can't say something, that is positive, right then and there, just shut your mouth and then get your Bible out. <laughs> get your Bible out. And you start to agree with what God says about you. And then you will release. Did you, did you know this? That the angels heed the voice of his word. Did you know that? So when you heed his voice, you speak here in the earth, then angels are moving on your behalf. Did you know there are angels that have come and given people new hearts, new lungs, new body parts? Did you know that? 
It's real. And, and sometimes I think that we're just like, well, we, we look at circumstances. They're so much more real than the Word of God. Well, it shouldn't be that way. We need to realize that these things that we're, we're talking about now are eternal. And the Word of God will never change. And if you're going to see the blessing of God in your life, you need to open your mouth. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> in Psalm 107, verse 2, it says, or verse 1, O give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Verse 2 says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Why would it say that? So that you would say so. That I'm redeemed, hallelujah, by the blood of Jesus. In Joel 3 and verse 10, at the end of that verse, it says, let the weak say, I'm strong. Not let the weak say, oh, I don't feel good today. Oh, man, I don't feel good. Oh, I don't feel good. Why does it say, let the weak say, I'm strong? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? So David said, praise the Lord. I'm strong. Hallelujah. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Hallelujah. It is God who works in me both to will and to do according to his good pleasure. And that just, Philippians 2.13, just jumped out at me. It is God who is at work in me. God himself is at work in me to will and to act according to his good purpose. God is working in me. You ought to agree with him. And just say that out of your mouth. Because God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above anything that you could have asked for. Imagine if you just not, you don't limit him, but you give him access by what you say. Okay, I'm going to give you something more here. Because we have time. Well, this is from a book by jong Cho, you know, of, of South Korea. And it's a book called The Fourth Dimension. And uh, I'm just going to read a little deal out of here. And so you can see <laughs> from a more of a natural standpoint, too, how true it is what we're talking about. <clears throat> he says, one morning I was eating breakfast with one of Korea's leading neurosurgeons. And he was telling me about a recent finding about various operations of the brain. And he asked Dr. Cho, did you know that the speech center in the brain rules over all the nerves? You ministers really have power because according to our recent findings in neurology, the speech center in the brain has total dominion, total dominion over all the other nerves. I laughed saying, I've known that for a long time. He asked me, how did you know that? In the world of neurology, these are new findings. He said, I, re I replied, I learned it from Dr. James. Who's Dr. James, he asked. Why, he was one of the famous doctors in biblical times nearly 2,000 years ago, I reported. In his book, chapter 3, the first few verses, Dr. James clearly defines the activity and importance of the tongue and the speech center. The neurosurgeons was, neuros, neurosurgeon was completely amazed. Does the Bible really teach about this? Yes, the tongue is the least member of the body, but it can bridle the whole body. 
Then the neurosurgeon began to expound on his findings, and he said that the speech nerve center has such power over all the body that simply speaking can give one control over his body to manipulate it in the way he wishes. He said if someone keeps on saying, systematic, set discourse, if he keeps on saying, I'm going to become weak, then right away all the nerves receive that message and they say, oh, let's prepare to become weak. For we have received instructions from a central communication that we should become weak. Isn't that interesting? If someone keeps saying, I'm very old, I'm so very old and so tired, I can't do anything. Then right away the speech central control response begins giving out orders to that effect. The nerves response, yes, we're old. We are ready for the grave. Let's be ready to disintegrate. If someone keeps on saying that he's old, then that person is soon going to die. Well, isn't that interesting? See, we, 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 we hear about it in the Word, but for some reason it doesn't register enough for us to do it. So I'm telling you, tonight, what you say will basically put the parameters around what you will be able to accomplish in life. Just by how God made you. Do you think God knew this? He put it in the Word. So you could find out way before any neurosurgeon realized that it is so. Well, praise the Lord. In Proverbs chapter 18... In verse 21, it says, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Death and life is in the power of the tongue. Well, that's very clear, isn't it? Do we believe the word or do we not? The thing is, if you're, going to, if you're trying to walk by faith, if you don't put into practice what the word says, you're going to be very discouraged. Because you're going to see, well, it doesn't work. Well, it does work. If you just... Watch what you say. That's the beginning of it. And then you will get light and revelation on where you need to put the action in. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And, 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 and getting control of the tongue is so, so important. It's already 8 o'clock. I'm going to share this next thought with you. In Acts chapter 1, Jesus is talking to his disciples. Acts chapter 1, verse 4, he says, And being assembled together with them, he commanded them. So this was not a suggestion, right? It's not a suggestion. He said he commanded them, and he said, Not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now, and verse 8 says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So we know this is talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Okay, so go, let's go to Acts chapter 2, verse 1. Acts 2, verse 1, it says, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all but one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. God needed to get a hold of your tongue. There was tongues of fire upon each and every one of them. You got your own 
specific tongue. Hallelujah. Which gives you utterance from God himself to help you bypass some of your small thinking. But it's true. You know, it's like God's bypass operation, head bypass operation. So you could get away from your small thinking and start to speak words of life. Words regarding God's plan for your life. Words that will bring life. Hallelujah. So you think it's important to speak in tongues? Oh, sure it is. Sure it is. I would dare to say this, that if you don't, you probably will not walk out the fullness of what God has called you to do. Because your thinking will be too small. You think it will be too small. And so he will, he will give you the right words to say so that you can speak the words that needs to be spoken for you to be able to walk into the blessing of the Lord. So words are important. Brother Hagin said, he said, he said, I saw the greatest miracles I ever saw in my life when I spent an extended time speaking in other tongues. And you'll like this. He also he said, I also saw the greatest financial miracles I ever saw after extended times of praying in the Holy Ghost. Well, that ought to catch your attention, right? Well, maybe there was some, some, some things that needed to be spoken. Hallelujah. In faith, regarding what God has called you to do and his provision that is already laid out for you. Your tongue. Your tongue. And you can see why I'm going to end with this, because we're going getting up on 803 here. You know, this goes all the way back to how you were made. So how did God do things in the beginning when he created the earth? Well, he said, and it was. He said, and it was, and he said, and it was, right? God does stuff with words. And so in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over all of the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. So if God <laughs> functions this way, he made you to function the same way. And the thing is, either you believe the Bible or you don't. You can disregard this, go home, and you will reap no benefit from it. But if you will believe what the word, I've just spoken to you what the word of God says today. This is what the word of God says. So if you will, if you will actually believe what God says... And you will put that into practice, then you will see, hallelujah, God's plan come to pass in your life. And you will see his provision be made available to you. Hallelujah. We have a lot of power in our mouth, don't we? <laughs> Never run at your giant with your mouth shut. Keep speaking the word. Hallelujah. Yes, words are very important. And I'm telling you what, when you start to put this into practice, your life will change. It will change. For the better. Hallelujah. That's all we have time for tonight. Praise the Lord.
Let's pray. Father, we love you so much, and we thank you, hallelujah, <laughs> that you're so patient with us, that you never give up on us, Father. Hallelujah. I'm so thankful, Father, that you don't mind repeating yourself again and again and again until we get it. Hallelujah. And actually, Father, you said that uh, there's a planting process and there's a watering process. And then you bring the increase. So, Father, tonight, Father, we might have sown in, in some people's hearts and we might have watered in other people's hearts, Father. But one thing I know, that your word never returns void. Hallelujah. Your word never returns void. Your word always, Father, produces what it was sent to accomplish. Hallelujah. Your word brings light and understanding. And we're so thankful, Father, for your word. We're so thankful, Father God, for your Holy Ghost that you've given to us, Father, to help us. He helps us every day, Father. He helps us when we pray. He helps us, Father, when we make decisions throughout the day. He helps us, Father. He's our advocate, our intercessor, our standby, the one, Father, who helps us to stand where other people might have broken down. He helps us to stand. And I thank you, Father, for the ammunition that you've given us tonight, Father, so we know, Father, how to resist, not just to resist, but to bring your plans and your purposes to pass in our lives. Hallelujah. We understand, Father, that the words of our mouth surely will move mountains. And they will lay down, Father God, the pavement so that you can land, Father, with your great blessings at our house. You don't have to pass us by anymore, no, because we have laid down words. We have laid down, Father, a, a the pavement, Father, the runway that you can land on at our house. Because you are good and your mercy endures forever and you want the best for every one of your children. You're not withholding any good thing. But you are so, hallelujah, dependent on our cooperation, Father, because you gave us authority in the earth and in, in, in our life. And that authority, hallelujah, we release with our mouth. And so, Father, we ask that you would just help us, Father, to guard our mouth. And then also, Father, just, 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 just help us, Father, to see where we need to, to focus our words for right now. Hallelujah. So that, Father, we can, we can move those mountains. And I know, Father, I've seen you move mountains, Father. They said it was impossible. But as I set your words into action, the mountain moved, hallelujah, and was cast into the sea and is seen no more, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah, we give you praise, Father, tonight. We give you praise in this place tonight. We lift up the name of Jesus. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. Called the Word of God. Hallelujah. Mm, thank you, Jesus. Mm.
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let's just wait a minute in His presence. That'll be all right. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for moving on every heart in this place. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. <clears throat> we give you praise. We give you glory. Only you are worthy. Oh, we thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Oh, for your presence in this place. Hallelujah. Oh, we love you. Thank you, Jesus. You're the same yesterday, today, and forever. Oh, you are full of loving kindness and tender mercies. You know how it is to walk this earth. You know how it is to lose someone. Because we see in the scriptures that Joseph, he was just not there. And we don't know what happened, but we know that you went through every emotion that we go through in our lives. And since you did, you are a faithful high priest. And you can mend the broken heart. Hallelujah. And I thank you for doing that right now. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. Mending. <laughs> Mending. Hallelujah. Mending. Oh, the blood of Jesus is more than enough. Hallelujah. Say this with me. The blood of Jesus cleanses everything in me. There's nothing that sin did that the blood of Jesus cannot remove. Hallelujah. Say this, the blood of Jesus... Is washing away even the stain of sin. So why did I say that? Because we go through things in life. Hallelujah. That would stain our hearts. It's not that we're not right before God. But the way you see yourself is stained. So you have a problem receiving everything that God wants to receive you. But the blood of Jesus didn't just make you right with God, but it also washes away every stain of sin. Hallelujah. <laughs> Woo! So you won't just be clean in God's eyes, but also in 
your eyes. Hallelujah. Jesus, in the power of the blood. Woo, the power of the blood of Jesus. Receive the power of the blood. Hallelujah. To break off everything that sin tried to build. Woo! Jesus is Lord. Hallelujah. Ha <laughs> ha Oh, hallelujah. <laughs> oh, hallelujah, the blood of Jesus. Oh, receive, oh, receive. Oh, receive. Oh, receive. Oh, haha, brendo losto kita landa resti kedeba. Oh, rebinda andre resti kutro banda lendre resti kitro sto balanda kandre resti kitro sta brokaba elendre resti. Hallelujah. Yes, Father. I plead the blood of Jesus over every heart and mind in this place right now to break off, hallelujah, the stain of sin. Anything that the devil did to ruin and steal and destroy, removed in the name of Jesus, hallelujah. Be free, hallelujah. Be free, hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Ha <laughs> ha. Be free. <laughs> oh, there is joy. In his presence there is joy. Fullness of joy. Hallelujah, because now you are free. Hallelujah. Oh, rejoice, rejoice. Rejoice, rejoice. You're free, you're free. Oh, rejoice. He loves you. Oh, 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 he loves you. Hallelujah. He loves you. Oh, if you only knew how much he loves you. Oh, you'd open the door wide. Hallelujah. Oh, rabando lindo costo librandende. Hallelujah. Oh, you are good. Thank you, Father. Oh.
Thank you, Jesus. We love you so much. <laughs> Thank you for never giving up on us. Hallelujah. For always being there. Hallelujah. To pour out your love and your goodness. Woo, Jesus. Thank you for being faithful. Even when we were not. You were faithful because you cannot deny who you are. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, for never giving up on us. Glory be to your name. You are good. You're a good God. Hallelujah. Oh, you're a good God. And we give you praise. <laughs> we give you praise. And glory. And honor. Hallelujah. Only you can do what you do. There is nobody like you. Oh, we're so glad. And we're so thankful. Hallelujah. And may our lives just be testimonies of your goodness and your grace. Hallelujah. Advertisement, Father, of how good you treat your children. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We give you praise and glory and honor. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You know, we have access to this place at any time. Did you know that? By the blood of Jesus. Actually, he encourages us in the word. He says, come boldly to the throne of grace. That you may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. He wants to extend his mercy. He wants to give you grace. He wants to empower you, hallelujah, and to completely bless your life. Hallelujah. If you let him, he'll remove everything that sin ever was able to do. He'll take it away. So when you go home... Why don't you do that? Just come boldly to the throne of grace. Hallelujah. And just spend time with your loving Father. Your older brother, Jesus. Hallelujah. Because that's the reason why he had Jesus do what he did so he could spend time with you. He always wanted a family. And he says, come on. Hallelujah. Come on into my presence. Hallelujah. And I will show you great and wonderful things. Thank you, Jesus. <sighs> Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We honor you. 
We honor you, the head of the church. We honor you, Lord Jesus. He just wants to be with you. He's not requiring anything. He just wants to be there. Hallelujah. You might say, well, I, I want to be with him. But he wants to be with you a whole lot more. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Our lives are yours. Hallelujah. We were bought with a price. Hallelujah. Yes, we submit ourselves to your Lordship. Hallelujah. And we purpose hmm, to walk with you. Hallelujah. Lead as you lead the way, we'll follow. And we will do exploits, Father. Hallelujah. Because where you lead us, we could never get on our own. Thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Well, we're going to end the service. Uh, but, you know, this doesn't have to end. You can just... You know, you, even if you, you know, you go get your kids or you do whatever, you know, you can just get right back here when you get home. You know, it doesn't have to just be at church. Yes, there is, there is a, there is a uh, corporate anointing when we come together. The word says, you know, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. But there's also this place at the house. And a lot of times what I do, I just, I just start to speak what the word says about me. I start to speak about the word, has, what, what the blood has done for me. And I start to rejoice, hallelujah, in how good he is, how faithful he is, what the blood has done for me. And before I know it, I'm in his presence. He made it real easy. You know, it doesn't have to take long either. Sometimes we just have to renew our minds about how much he loves us and how much he wants to spend time with us because a lot of times we'll just think that we'll have to 
dot the I's and cross the T's and, and we actually have to feel, you know, somewhat holy or something, you know, before he'll, he'll, we're worthy to get into his presence. Isn't that funny? When actually the blood of Jesus did all that for you. And he said, he said, you just come boldly to the throne of grace because of the blood, right? That you actually may obtain mercy and find grace to help. So he doesn't, he doesn't even expect you to get it all together before you get there. He says, you get here and then we'll get it together. <laughs> you just make sure you get your tail in here. And then I can take care of business for you. And I can actually give you light and revelation on, on, on those things that has been, have been bugging you for a while. He doesn't want you to be bugged by anything. He doesn't want you to be held back by anything. No, he wants you to succeed. He wants to see you blessed. He wants to see you healed and whole. That's what your father wants for you. So anyhow, praise the Lord. It's so easy to, you know, just keep preaching. <laughs> Isn't God so good to us? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, we're going to give an opportunity to, you know, sow into the kingdom of God and to what God is is doing through our church, you know, and we're going to uh, we're going to do some tremendous things in this year. Did you know that? We're going we're gonna to see people's lives completely turned around more than ever before. You know, the thing is that God is ramping stuff up. Did you know that? He's redeeming the time because there's so many people out there hurting and lost and he needs to reach them and we're going to do our part, right? Praise the Lord. And we know that as we join with him, I've been, I've been, you know, reading the book of Philippians a lot, you know, here of late. And uh, I'm going to read this. I don't, it's 827. Well, they can just watch some more Paw Patrol down in the NTP area. Praise the Lord. <laughs> go. Pups, go. Anyhow, praise the Lord. <laughs> and in, in Philippians... Uh, Chapter 1, you know, Paul is talking to the Philippian church, you know, one of his main supporters, and he said in verse 3, he says, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, making requests for you all with joy. So they were on his mind, right? They were on his mind. He says, for your fellowship in the gospel, your fellowship, your communion, your partaking of the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Just as it's right for me to think this of you all, because I have you in my heart, inasmuch as both in my chains and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel, you all are partakers with me of grace. You know, there is a grace that God has given to this church and, and its members to accomplish his will and his purpose. Did you know that? And as we all come together as one, God is able to accomplish what he has purposed for this church to do. There's a reason why you're here. There's a reason why God joined your heart to this place because you have a part to play. And as you, and as you take your place and say, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do what I, what, I, what, I, what I can do so that the gospel can go out and so people's lives can be changed. You know what, you then partake of the grace that is there. Did you know that? And then there's a supply in the body for the body. You know, one minister said it this way. Oh, he actually said, he said, the Lord told him this. He said that, um, he said, there's some things he said that you won't get directly from me. Oh, isn't that interesting? 
That gives, you know, it's like it's just me and Jesus kind of a deal. No, it's not. He put the body in place. He said, there are some things, he says, that I'm not going to tell you. Because you're supposed to get it from those people that I've connected you with. Ah. So there's some things that we'll miss if we don't get connected where God wants us to be connected. But as you get connected, then there is a supply in the body for the body. The head of the church made it that way. Because you cannot fulfill the will of God for your life on your own. It's impossible. Praise the Lord. That was free. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Whoo, Jesus. Well, I could continue. I'm not. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Father, as we join ourselves, Father. Hallelujah. To, to, to join together, Father, as one regarding what you've called this church to do, Father. I thank you, Father. We partake, Father, of the grace that is here, Father. We, we give, yes, of our finances, but, Father, we give our lives. Just like Paul said to what you just said, we, we have given you our lives as well. Father, we, we're all in, Father. As far as what you've called us to do, and Father, together with this church body, Father, we're all in, Father, to do what you've called us to do. And Father, we know that as we give our lives to you, as we sow ourselves, Father, as a seed into the kingdom, Father, we will receive an abundant harvest, Father, not just in this life, but in the one to come. And I thank you, Father, that you are faithful to your word, always watching over it, Father God. And I thank you, Father, as we get around your business, Father, you said that all these things will be added unto us, Father God. And we thank you, Father, that we will never lack for opportunity, ability, or money because we join with you, Father, and Jesus is Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. You may receive the offering. Praise the Lord.